Yes, someone hit the slay button. It's the Robcast, episode 330. And this one is titled Congressively Proservative. <laughs> By far the most jumbled word salad of a title ever. Uh, I mean, I'm almost embarrassed at how dumb and awesome it is. Um, because actually that title, Congressively Proservative, it, it perfectly names this episode. <laughs> and it's also, whoo, man. But I just came in the door from taking Violet to school, and I ran, I said to Kristen, can I have 10 seconds to run? I think I'm going to do a Robcast. We're talking about what we're going to do this morning. I was like, I think I'm, I'm going to do a Robcast. And I said, can I, can I take like 10 seconds, which generally means 20 or 30 seconds? Can I just run by you what I'm thinking of? So I ran by her this episode, and she was like, oh, yeah, definitely got to do that one. That's great. So this one is Kristen approved. Double thumbs up from Kristen. By the way, on the way to school this morning, Violet says to me, let's listen to The Killers. She says, because The Killers are coming. They're going to be in L.A. this weekend. I was like, Really? It's like, you want to go? And she's like, yeah, let's go. So I said, she says, so well, let's listen to Killers. So uh, I was like, well, I think we should start with Mr. Brightside. Would you agree with me, those of you Killers folks out there? That's where you'd start when, if, if uh, a 13-year-old wanted to have an introduction to the world of the Killers. So we listened to Mr. Brightside, and she's like, whoa, this is a good song. And then uh, I said, now, my actual favorite song of theirs it's probably uh, All These Things That I Have Done. Is that the title of it? These Things I Have Done? These Things I've Done? Something like that. Um, I was like, that song? Oh. I said, but now, the middle, sec the middle eight, the bridge on this song is classic. So just notice. So she's listening to the song, and the song, God, that song holds up. Um, and if you need to pause right now and go to wherever you listen to music and listen to The Killers, These Things I've Done, uh, because the middle section, you know that part where he sings, I've got soul, but I'm not a soldier? I mean, that is just, whew, that, is just <laughs> that is just music at its finest. So that middle section comes, and everything drops out, and then he sings, I've got soul, but I'm not a soldier. And then you know, it just repeats over and over, I've got soul, but I'm not a soldier, which is a fantastic line. Who knows what, what's going on in that line? But you can't help but sing along. You can't help but feel it. And she looks over and she's like, wait, he's sober. He's a sober soldier. He's he's got soul. He's so <laughs> what a great. Uh. But she totally got it. She like, and then by the time it hits that third chorus, good lord. Oh my word. And then we did uh I'm trying to think what the next one was. Oh, you know the one uh, um but you had a girlfriend February of last year who had a boyfriend who had a girlfriend. That you know that one. That's just that chorus. And then fourthly, I had to play her for reasons unknown, right? Because if you're gonna do a killer's introduction, for reasons unknown is like uh, these lips. They don't kiss like they used to. Come on. So we had an introduction to the killers on the way to school this morning, which was perfect. And then I came in and I ran this episode by Kristen, and she was like, "Yeah, of course you should do that one." So. Here we are. Oh, also, we just put up um, the second set of dates for two days in Ojai. Yeah, because new creation, that's the game we're playing, right? You, you know what I'm talking about. That thing within you that's asking for expression, 
for creation. That 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 thing that you're like, yeah, I'd like to try this. I'd like to go here. I'd like to structure that. I'd like to say this. I'd like to make that. You know that that that's the the, the yeah, that's the that's the thing. That's the thing of life. That's the juice. That's the love right there. And so uh, what we're doing, I did a couple of these right before COVID, and it was it was like opening up, it was like a opening a door to a whole new room for me. And the people who were there, yeah, it's like we were going somewhere new together. But what happens is we get 20 to 30 of us in a room for two days, and then at 9 a.m. on the first day, the first person sits across from me, and you tell me what you're working on. And how you're stuck, what the obstacle is, what the glitch is. And then I start asking you questions and sort of take you through this process. And we watch you get clarity. And then the next person comes up. And then the next person. And we do that for two days. And so, like, uh, all you all you peoples, we're in a room together. And uh, you're listening to people who are doing things in the world. And... Uh, the first time Kristen came to one, she was like, this is so incredibly inspiring. That's what happens to me, is you just hear person after person talking about what they're doing and what they're working on and what they're trying and what they're attempting and what, uh, where their heart is taking them, where the love is taking them. And it's, it's like the antidote to the news is the actual news, which is what people are doing in the world. So anyway... Um, the first two dates of my two days in Ojai, and Ojai is this valley north. Uh, the Ojai Valley is north of L.A., and it's this little town in the mountain, like in between the mountains, and it's Ojai's a whole thing. So have you been to Ojai? Because part of it is the setting we'll be in, and we'll be at the Ojai Art Center. And uh, So anyway, I would love to see you there, and I'm, oh gosh, I'm so excited. Whew. So anyway, those dates are up, and uh, also dates for the final two shows of the Everything is Spiritual tour are in Australia, Sydney, and Melbourne, end of October, and um, that's all that. Now, my friends, here we go. I'm going to keep this really, really simple, because it's uh, that's how it's been working on me, what, what I want to uh, observe with you. So I want to make an observation about you, about me, about, about a dynamic tension that exists within each of us, and then from there, picture concentric circles outward. So we'll start with the tightest circle, and then we'll just work our way outward. And uh, I want to show you something about, point out something that, that I assume you, you've noticed within yourself multiple times, but I want to give it some language. And then from there, we'll look to the larger and see, once again, how when you look to the larger, you always find it somewhere within yourself. So here's, here's the observation. Let's say you're trying on a new shirt, and you have a question. Your question is about, does it fit? How does it feel? Is it good quality? All that kind of stuff. But there's also a question behind all those questions. You know that feeling when you try on a new shirt? Like it, The question is, is this me? <laughs> right? Can I pull this off? Is this me? Uh, now, now that question, is this me? That question comes from a sense that we each have. Uh, I would just name this in the most broad, once again, very general sense. 
let's call this a sense of self. You have some sense of self, who you are, who you aren't. Think of all those times when you said something along the lines of, I need to be true to myself. Yeah, take a second and like sink into that thing that you've probably said a thousand times like me. I need to be true. I need to be who I am. Yeah. So we each have this sense of self. Other ways you could name this. Some essence, some integrity, some sense of wholeness, some understanding we each have of who we're talking about when we talk about us, who you're talking about when you talk about you. Think about those moments when you had uh, like a decision to make. Maybe it had like an ethical dimension to it. What's the right thing to do here? And that decision-making came within this larger sense of I, some, some sense of I, I want to do the best thing here. Or some choice about some job, some move you're thinking of making, something you're thinking about buying or selling or whatever, or, or a relationship. Uh, that sense that, ah, oh, I am, I can be, this, this person helps me be more me. All of that, like, is this the right move? Is this the move to make? Is this not the move to make? Will I be more alive? If I head in this direction, not this direction, say yes to this, no to this, all of it comes from some, some sense of self that there's something here when you talk about, when you think of yourself, there's something here to be true to. There's something here to be true to. And sometimes we feel very far from that sense. Like, uh... Oh God, think about a relationship where you talk about it later, like, like, oh God, I lost myself in that relationship. Or a person who has, oh, here's one for, for me, the, the person who has a unique ability to irritate and annoy you, maybe even unnerve you or intimidate you, and you're around them, and later, it's, it's like you lose some sense of self, and then later you're like, God, why did I say that? <laughs> what was I thinking? Yeah. Uh, once again, this sense of self that certain people seem to be able to throw it off. It's like your compass starts spinning. Or perhaps you had you were doing some job that you just felt like you were gradually losing yourself. Uh, yeah. Or you try on you try on the shirt and you immediately immediately you're like, no, this is not me. This is not me. Or you try on the shirt. And then you leave the dressing room and you show it to the, somebody that you're with, perhaps a partner or somebody who knows you, and they just look at you like, uh, you're not serious, are you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, this sense of self. Now, let's park here for a minute. Let's park here for a minute on this sense you have of self. Because there are these moments when something within you says no. This sense that a step in that direction or a move to that or saying that or doing that is somehow violating or transgressing or departing from your sense of self. Sometimes we say things like, oh, God, I was losing my mind. What we're saying is there was something about this situation 
that I wasn't able to hold together my sense of self, or I was pulled in so many different directions, or uh, my compass was spinning, or it was so disorienting. That sense kicks in, that impulse. Now, how would you describe that impulse? Here's how I would say it. There are these moments when an instinct, an impulse, a reaction kicks in that there is something about myself that is asking to be protected, preserved, you might even say conserved. There's something here that I am needing to hold together right now. Something to be preserved, protected, or conserved. Even think about this word conserve. Uh, it comes from these two words. The word C-O-N, con, means together, and then serve, or it means to keep. Yeah, something, something here needs to be kept together. Think about like, a, like when there's a piece of land, and uh, there are all sorts of threats to the health of that piece of land. And so people form a group to protect a piece of land. That piece of land is called a conservancy. Yeah, or somebody who is deeply committed to the proper care and stewardship of the earth is a conservationist. Yeah, there's something here that needs to be protected, preserved, and held together so that it can be kept true to itself. There is something good here that needs to be cared for and protected. So deeply enmeshed, inherent within the sense you and I each have, our sense of self, is this awareness, instinct, impulse, or however you'd name it, to protect and conserve and preserve that essence and that impulse. It's good, it's absolutely necessary, and without it, we would lose ourselves. Yeah, isn't this fascinating how, it, how this resides within us? Sometimes it has a very instinctual feel, like we just instantly, we like leap into action, or instantly a wall comes up or a boundary because we're like, nope, nope, nope. But then, now let's shift gears slightly. But then sometimes you try on that shirt, and it's new and it's different. You've never... You never tried on a shirt like you never considered purchasing a shirt like this. And but but something about it, you try the shirt on and it's it's wow, this shirt, it's maroon and it's corduroy, and it's got leather patch pockets on the front with snaps, and it's got a lightning bolt on the sleeves. Oh, I kind of like this shirt. <laughs> uh <laughs> If the example that you're using in your episode of your podcast, called a Robcast, is already making you laugh, mm -hmm. it is a good Monday morning. <laughs> but there is that thing that happens sometimes. You try on the shirt, and you've never worn a maroon corduroy shirt with leather pockets and snaps all over it with a lightning bolt in the sleeve. But something opens up within you, and you think, maybe this is me. I could wear this. Wouldn't it be interesting if I wore this? I kind of like this. I think I might buy this shirt. You never did that before. You never wore a shirt like that before because, well, uh, I'm just not the type or I'm just not into it or never considered it. But then for some reason, who knows why, you tried it on and now something is rising up within you. 
some itch, some angst. God, I'm so tired of wearing the same thing year after year. I kind of this is kind of, this kind of adds a little bit of something to it. Uh, some vision or idea or some what would you say expanded sense of self. Yeah, yeah. I I've never had coffee, but I could try coffee. You know what? I could move to Idaho, or I could learn to knit, or I could try that taco truck I've never tried, or I could go over and simply introduce myself to that person. I haven't done that before, and yet, yeah, maybe I will. Huh. So notice how these two impulses reside within you. There is the being true to a sense of self, but being true to a sense of self and protecting and conserving and preserving that which is good and needs to be protected and preserved. But notice what else is also happening at the same exact time. There are these this endless successions of moments in which you find yourself open to the new. It's almost like an invitation rises up. Some unfolding opportunity, new options, new ideas, new territory to journey into. Expansion calls your name. So notice how these two truths are at the center, these two invitations, these two instincts, these two good dimensions of your sense. There is your sense of self and that which has gotten you this far, which has held together that which is to be protected and preserved. And then there also is the invitation and the welcoming and the embrace of the new, that which you haven't experienced before. So it's like a, it's like a dialogue between these two. And this discernment between, uh, no, this shirt is not me, and is this shirt me? Interesting. It's like this duality, this dance, other words that start with the letter D. <laughs> Dialogue, discernment, duality, dance. Yeah, this is happening endlessly within you, within me, all the time. A strong sense of self and, at the same time, a fluid, limber, lithe, flexible listening and learning and leaning into the new. Some things have worked for you. They're how and who you are in the world. They've gotten you this far. Some things have been with you for a while, and yet there's that moment when something new is inviting you into it, and part of that new invitation is to let go of that. I no longer need to conserve, protect, or preserve this. I can just let that go. It worked for a while. Yeah, that raft helped me cross the river. But now I'm heading up into the woods, and it would be weird to carry a raft in the woods. So I'm going to leave the raft here. Yeah. So there is this inherent conserving, and there is also this ongoing progressing, and they're both absolutely vital to who you are, and who you are becoming, and who you have been, and how you exist in this moment. Yeah, there, there is something within you deeply conservative, and that is so good and needed. And there is something within you profoundly progressive, and that is so good and so needed. So you could talk about these as postures, 
You could talk about them as understandings. You could talk about them as two different energies. Um, you could talk about them, oh, here's an example. You could talk about them like a left hand and a right hand, and you need both hands. There's the left and there's the right, and you need both hands to properly clap. Yeah. Or you could call it attention, but not attention as most modern people think of it. Most modern people, the word tension means, oh, there was tension in the room, meaning, God, God, could somebody please, please just get rid of the tension. But also, if you think about a spring, like, uh, well, like think of the shocks on your car. That spring has a tension. The spring is on the shocks of your automobile. There's a tension there. And that's why when you go over a rough patch of concrete, you don't feel every single bit of that pothole because some of the pothole was absorbed by the shocks. And the shocks are springs, and the springs work according to tension. So that dynamic tension allows for a smoother ride. So there's lots of ways in life in which tension and the tension between the push and the pull are absolutely necessary. They make things way better. So there's this tension within us. And here's the thing about attention. Attention is exists between the push and pull of two different things, and if you lose either, you're in trouble. Yeah, you lose that dynamic tension between the two, and you lose something central to who you are, something central to life and health and vitality. So within each of us is this dynamic tension between the conserving and the progressing, between the protecting, preserving, and the unfolding, and the invitation, and the opportunity, and the new. Yeah, and we're constantly discerning how to navigate this tension. Sometimes moving forward, it's always bringing the best of what has been, and then it's joining it with the best of the new. But sometimes that means that what has been with you so far doesn't always mean that it needs to keep coming with you. And it also, because some things aren't worth conserving, so you let them go. It used to work, now it doesn't. Some stories work until they don't. You've been telling yourself this story for years, and now uh, that story no longer works. Yeah. Yeah, some things aren't worth conserving, so you let them go. I don't need to protect or preserve that anymore. And in the same breath, not all that is new is great. Yeah, some things, are, some things present themselves as new, and hey, this, but not all progress is. Not all that, that announces itself as progress is. So what you're constantly doing is resting in the discernment of, yeah, is this new good? And is this that I'm conserving, does it deserve to be protected? Imagine if these energies lose their dynamic tension. Because it could be possible to be so resting in the protecting and preserving that you end up denying anything that is progressing. It's also possible to be so caught up and beholden to the new and the progressing that you have lost the good of what was. It's easy to become overprotective of that which has run its course, which can lead to a cynicism and fear of anything new. 
And it also, on the other side, can easily become an embrace of the new sometimes just because it's new, when actually it turns out that it's not that great. Think about this word progress. Yeah, think about ingress, egress, that means out and then in. Regress, gress from this ancient word meaning like a way or movement or a path. So ingress, egress is the path in, the path out. To regress is to go back, yeah, is to walk where you came before, uh, but I digress, that's to step aside. Congress, gress meaning walk or way or the path, so uh, the word C-O-N, con, means with, so Congress means to walk together, so progress means to walk forward. Not all that calls itself progress is actually progress. It may be new, but it doesn't mean that's actually a step into something better. Yeah, see how all this, aren't words, man, words, just fascinating. So you, my friend, me, us, each of us, to conserve and to progress are two energies that exist within us in dynamic tension. It's good. It's a good tension. It's one we live with. Is this shirt me? I don't know. Nah, it's not. Or, yeah, I think I'm going to wear this shirt. <laughs> now, all this to say, if you feel out of place in the current moment in our larger life together, yeah, if you find yourself right now looking around thinking, has the world lost its mind? If you have always seen yourself as belonging to one particular group, but now you find even the group that you always thought you were a part of is sort of mental. Like, what has gone wrong with these people? But I definitely don't belong with the people over there. Yeah, if you have find yourself more and more uh, like not feeling at home anywhere on the, on, in the playing field, yeah, of course. Of course, that's probably a sign of health. Why? We literally live in a world right now where a group of people are calling themselves conservatives and there's another group of people who are calling themselves progressives. Oh my God. If that doesn't make you pull your hair out, it's these, this dynamic tension at the heart of being human, literally people will say to each other, are you conservative or or progressive. Anytime you take a dynamic tension at the heart of human vitality and you ask people to pick one or the other, you're going to have absolute madness. Just complete insanity. Yeah, yeah, the Republic of Dumbistan. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. <laughs> now, think about it politically. And as you've heard me say a thousand times, anytime you're wondering about things politically, find it in yourself. <clears throat> anytime it's, it's hard to, to discern what's happening on a larger scale, move to the deepest interiors within you and try and find it. So that's what we did in this episode just now, is we started on the interiors, we found it within ourselves. We found it, notice how fear, notice how fear can often shut you off 
to the new. Yeah, notice how fear can often shut you off to the new. You end up conserving and preserving a bunch of things that just out of just the sheer familiarity. Yeah. Yeah. Notice how sometimes sometimes uh, pain, and we'll get to grief in a moment, can make you think that everything that came before is bad. And so you just embrace the new just to try and escape from what has been, unable to discern the good in what has been. And so you're thinking it's progress, but you aren't conserving things that probably need to be conserved. Yeah, yeah. So you can see you find this, you find these impulses, the fears, the responses to it, the traumas you're res responding to, you find this within yourself and then it becomes much, much easier to spot it in the larger collective. Because when we use this word political, we're simply speaking of a whole bunch of humans together. So when you can find it within yourself, then you can see that when you add a bunch of humans together, that's just a larger version of the deepest interior of a, of a self. So think about political structures. In a healthy political structure, you have to have a loyal opposition. You have to have a dynamic tension. You have to have a group going, here are all sorts of new possibilities. And you have to have another group going, okay, let's think critically about all of those new possibilities. And let's think about what needs to be preserved so as we step into the new, we don't leave behind something that is very important that we bring with us. Think about a relationship. Think about a long-term relationship. Think about the push and pull. Think about the dynamic tension. The one person sees all sorts of new possibilities, and the other person says, okay, let's think about those. Let's think critically and rigorously about those so that we don't just leap into something and then later be like, what were we thinking? We should have thought longer and hard about that. You can often see how in, in a relationship, you in, in a healthy relationship, you're constantly moving back. The one is, let's fly, and the other one in that moment has a very grounded sense of, yes, I'd love to fly, but let's make sure that the wings actually work. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. You, you, in, a, in a healthy relationship, you're constantly vocalizing and articulating this dynamic tension. What needs to be protected and preserved? What new invitations are calling to us. Yeah. And you and I are living in a world right now where this dynamic tension, these two energies that move and dance and dialogue with each other's and a large scale in many ways have simply been split into are you this or are you this? Are you one or are you the other? And it is insane. Now, a healthy communal life this dynamic, of course, you may have a group that tends to tilt in one direction and a group that tends to tilt. No, that's fine. Yeah, name that. Yeah, good, good. That's your job. Your job is to keep pointing forward. Yes, that's your job over there. You keep reminding us of what's been good. Yeah. Think about uh, like a safety net for literally thousands and thousands of years human beings have had a shared collective wisdom that any society needs a healthy safety net for those who have fallen through the cracks, for those who are experiencing the extremes of lack and scarcity. Yeah, that's like, that's a value, that's a truth, that's something that human beings have protected and preserved in an endless amount of ways. You have to have some sort of net 
for people who like don't have a house, for people who are hungry, for people who have gone through extraordinary health or financial catastrophe. Yeah. So if you are passionate about preserving some sort of safety net, is that progressive or is that conserving? Because in our culture, that's generally labeled somebody who's progressive, and yet that's a terribly conservative idea. Yeah, do you see how this starts to get really, really, like, you're living in, in crazy town when these sides call themselves this when they aren't even that. So let's leave behind these narrow naming systems, shall we? One way to cut through all this one way to cut through all this whenever somebody is talking about all this is simply to ask, what are you referring to? Try this. In any discussion about our shared life together, just ask the person, what are you referring to? What is the policy? What is the arrangement? What is the law? What is the practice? How is the world structured right now in regards to what you're referring to? Because quickly you'll, you'll discover who is just quoting headlines they heard somewhere and who's actually thought about this. So, so what, what, are, what are we referring to here? And then second, notice once you see this dynamic tension, what is the new, what is the new in play here? What is the new invitation? And what is the good to be preserved and protected? Yeah, what's the good here? Think conservatively and progressively about the issue. What, what is the next step forward? Yeah. And what is that which is in play that is to be protected and preserved? Yeah, or think about the dignity of a human being. Yeah, the sense you have that there is something profoundly sacred and holy about being a person. So notice how you have, a, you have a, an instinct when, it, when, you, when you hear or you observe somebody um, exploitation, human trafficking, when one group of people is being arrested and beaten and literally shot by law enforcement more than another group of people, something when he's like, no, mm -mm, no. So notice how you have that very strongly within you. Yeah, that's a conservative impulse, to protect and preserve the dignity of human beings. So it may masquerade as a progressive cause, but anything that's truly progressive always has a deeply conservative element. There is something at play here about protecting and preserving that which we've known is central to being a human being. Everything about caring for the earth, conservation, earth care, climate change, all of that, sustainability, no matter how progressive it presents itself, it's as conservative as it gets. You got to move beyond these categories. We got to move beyond often these ridiculous categories that leave behind the dynamic tension. Yeah, there's something profound here that needs to be conserved. Yeah. And some of what calls itself progress isn't progress. Yeah. And sometimes the people who call themselves the conservatives are actually proposing radically progressive ideas that would, yeah, you want to hand school teachers guns? That's the progress here? <laughs> That's madness. <laughs> Utter madness. That's the answer to this. Oh, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's move beyond some of these <laughs> ridiculous, 
namings that don't help at all. A couple more thoughts here. Oftentimes, grief is what's in play. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and, and, and my sense is that the answer to lots of our questions about what is happening in the world right now, you know, a lot of it, a lot of it's about grief. You know, a lot of it's about grief. Oftentimes, the, the people who are most loudly conservative, it's actually a form of grief about what has been lost. A way of life, identity, sometimes just literally jobs, um, a sense of how the world works, a stability, a foundation, a security. Um, sometimes what's been lost is a sense of supremacy. We were the best, our fill-in-the-blank, country, skin color, uh, God, our God, our ideology. Yeah, sometimes it's it's just grief, and you're wondering why is the why why would someone even say that? Why would even think that? Why do they do they understand how they sound? Grief, yeah, grief isn't rational. Yeah, the world has changed. We used to know how things worked. We don't know how to navigate this new future. We've lost a sense of knowing how the playing field works. Yeah. Yeah. So when you find yourself looking around, why is it? One of the first questions to ask is, what is the grief? What What's being grieved here? And I'm telling you often, because if, if you, the mind will spin trying to analyze, but the moment you move to the center of your being, allow the mind to be integrated in heart and find it with heart. You can find it quite, oftentimes you'll be surprised how quickly you can find it at a heart level. Oh, oh yeah, that's sadness and grief. Yeah, the world used to work a certain way, and now it doesn't. Yeah, and all of this is that. Now, those who most loudly proclaim themselves as progressives, grief is often, often in play there as well. So oftentimes the loudest conservative sees the good in the past and is having a hard time seeing the good in the future, so then the whole thing becomes regressive. Make it great again. It's desperately trying to re retrieve some earlier. Now, oftentimes the progressive or the loudly, loudly, capital P progressive, they have massive personal pain about what was. And so the way to get past all that pain from what was is to simply grab hold of the new because the new feels like a fresh, clean slate. It's an inability to integrate and it's often a lack of healing. That's why sometimes that friend of yours who is so loudly, the whole system is broken, which it is. All of those people are corrupt. A lot of them are, so totally true. But oftentimes you feel a deep personal, they don't know what to do with things within them. So if we could just leap to the future and to a new thing, then we don't have to reconcile and heal the pain within. Yeah. Yeah, the capital P, loud, progressive, often doesn't, has a hard time seeing the good in what was and the good even in their own life because of the pain and trauma. It's easier just to write it all off. Everything that came before this moment is broken, wrong, corrupt, and oppressive. When the actual discernment is to say, oh, actually, no, there's some good in there. Yeah, there's some good in there. Yeah, and that's that's the work of healing. That's the work of discernment. Uh, 
no, it wasn't all bad. Some of it was, yeah, yeah, yeah. And some of it was baked into the system itself from the get-go. Of course it was. Yeah, yeah. And there's a lot that was good there. Yeah, yeah. So, so perhaps for some of you, it feels like you don't fit anywhere. Yeah, it's because you fit everywhere. It's because we're in all of it. Yeah, yeah. These deeply conservative, profoundly progressive impulses are all present within us. So when someone says, join us in this narrow little bandwidth and something within you is like, oh, but then I got to... But then I got to also do this and that and that. Oh, man. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, you don't fit anywhere because you fit everywhere. Yeah. So let's maybe even cease using this language like I just don't fit. No. Let's move from I don't fit anywhere to, boy, I see myself in all of it. Yeah. Now, lots of things that people are trying to protect and preserve need to be left behind. Extremely narrow views of person, tribe, race, economic policy, let's go. Let's just let's just chuck it. It's that that was done. It didn't work. Yeah. Yeah. So lots lots that people are trying to preserve, but lots that people are saying, well, this is just the new future. I don't know. I don't know. Not all progress is. Some of what presents itself to be progress, let's uh let's be critical about it. Might not be that great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Of course, that's what we do. That's what we do. That's what the larger system Needs It needs an actual loyal opposition. This was central to our life together. A group that says to the other group, hold on a second. You need that. Hold on a second. In your life, you need the people around you. Like, one second. Let's just sit with that for a second. Let's not rush too quickly. And you need the person going, let's go, let's go. It's a new world. It's new creation, new arrangements. The whole thing is coming down. Let's build a whole... You need that too. You need all of it. You need it within yourself. You need it within ourself. Yeah, yeah. Let's go back to you. Let's go back to you, you congressively proservative, luminous human being, you. <laughs> it's good to be you. It's good that you're here. There's a thread, a through line. Yeah, there's something that's held you together, some sense of self. Maybe you're the healer. Maybe you're the organizer. Maybe you're the person who just has to have all the details executed or you can't even sleep. Good, we need that. We need that. Maybe you're the person with profound imagination and you start throwing things against the wall of what could be and people are like, I never even considered that. Good, we need you doing that. Keep throwing things against the wall. Let's see what sticks. Yeah, yeah, of course. Maybe you're the person who gathers people. That's what you do. Yeah, you're the person who just gathers people because people need to be together. Maybe you're the person who, oh my God, you make that food and you open up your house or your apartment and you put that food on the table and people gather on that table and things very deeply mysterious and magical happen. Yeah, that's you. That's you. Do that then. Yeah, you're the person who, the things you have to say, um, you need to speak up. You're You're the person who, maybe you're the person who, when the system isn't working, you make noise about it, and you just keep making noise. You're relentless. You're the gadfly. Yeah, you're the one with the bullhorn. Good, good, we need that. Yeah, it's good to be you. It's good to be you. There's something there to be protected and preserved. There's something like, we're all, we're all a body. You're a cell. You're a cell in the body. I'm a cell in the body. There's that, that's, and cells do different things. Yeah, so that sense you have of self, you're strangely 
holding it and grounded and standing in it, and you also are also letting it go at the same moment. Because a sense of self, what is it? You know, I'm a whatever, oh, whatever. Maybe tomorrow you'll be something different. Yeah, so, so uh, you talk out both sides your mouth with this. That's very, very important. There's a paradox here at the heart of you. There's that which is to be conserved, that sense of self. This is who I am in the world. This is who I've always been. Yes, and this constant, beautiful unfolding evolution in which you're open and aware and flexible and pliable and listening for the next and the new. Yeah, and suddenly you realize, oh, that thing that I thought was so central to who I am, oh, notice how it's changing. Notice how it's evolved. Notice how it's expanded. Notice how it's mutated in some interesting directions. Yeah, yeah, it's both of these. And if you find that completely paradoxical, yeah, good, good, good. There's something new, some new step, some, could I do this? I've never done this before, but wow, this seems like the next thing. And yep, yep, both, 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 both. So anytime you sense some person, system, something is like, pick one. Nope, nope, nope. Well, is it this or is it this? Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. There you are, my friends. There we are. We're deeply, congressively preservative. <laughs> I told you that the, that title is shockingly accurate for what I've been talking about. <laughs> and maybe not repeat it because it's so awkward and strange, and yet it gets right to the heart of it. Yeah, all this is going on within us. Yeah, all this is going on within us. Yeah. Yeah, we're human beings. What a fascinating thing to be. It's good to be you. Yeah, hold on to that. Protect that. Preserve that. And I wonder what's coming. I wonder what's new. I wonder what invitation is just around the corner. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Oh, my friends, this has been another episode of the Robcast. Peace and love to you now more than ever. <laughs>